Okay, let's do a little test on Kirsten. T-S-T-I-N-G, testing the M-I-C. <laughs> All right, did you just come up with that out of nowhere? <laughs> Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. And we're back. We are back. We missed you. Well, I don't know if you missed us, but we missed you. <laughs> and we are back with the Under the Hood podcast, and we're excited to be back. We feel refreshed, ready to go with it's a whole been new a while. Li- it has been. You know, we might even have picked up some new listeners over the summer. I know that we've talked to plenty of people who have said to us over the summer, you guys have a podcast or we just found your podcast and we had no idea. Under the Hood. Under the Do Hood. Do even know what that means? Well, if you are a brand new listener, let us just tell you what Under the Hood means and why we named this podcast Under the Hood. We named it Under the Hood is because, you know, we've been doing ministry for a long time and there's aspects of the church that most people don't see, just like a car. You know, you don't really know what a car is all about to get under the hood and see what it's made out of. And so this is our attempt to let you, the listener, a little bit under the hood of, uh, of our ministry, our family our lives. Um, so we're just we going to sometimes overshare. Well, you overshare sometimes. <laughs> I perfectly share the right amount, but you know what? We just call perfectly, it. A, we, jo- we joke about this is not a car show. You know, it's like under the hood. Sounds like a, 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 a you know, a refurbished, uh, that we was, are not car people. We no, like like, like under the hood, you might think it's a it's a, where they're rebuilding old cars or they're fixing stuff. It has nothing to do with cars. This is about let's get under the hood and let's look at all the parts of the church that a lot of people don't see. Let's give you an inside look. Let's let you see what this is really made but out sometimes of. Sometimes under the hood is kind of boring. Like if I got under the hood of a car, I would not even know what I'm looking at. Well, and there's the assumption that people care. You know, <laughs> we're assuming that there are some of you that care, but really, um, you know, Kirsten and I have been in ministry for several decades now, and um, and a lot of that we have done it together you make on it sound staff. Really old? I'm not old. Well, several. I'm in decades. my prime. Let's back off that a little bit. We've been doing this long enough to feel like we have some experiences. We have some stories to share with people. Um, we have some things that we think would be helpful, and there's a lot of lessons we've learned along the way. But really, you know, we couldn't, I personally, and I know you've, we've talked about this many times that we just can't see ourselves doing anything else with our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of reached that point where we feel like we've, there's things that we need to share with others. And we feel like there's, you know, just like there's some things that we have gone through in life um, that can help other people. And we want to be an encouragement to other people and, and help people walk through their daily challenges and do it with faith and in God's word. And, so this is just kind of a, there's things that you're going to get on this podcast that you will never hear anywhere else. You can't talk, this stuff I can't really talk about in a sermon. We're not going to get up and make some announcements one Sunday and say, hey, did you know? Announcements, announcements. But this is, um, if you listen to this podcast, you're going to get under the hood and you're going to learn some things about the New Life family, our church, ministry, leadership, um, family stuff, just a little bit of an inside look. That's what under the hood is. We want to pop the hood, get in there, 
and check things out. So, so this is actually our second season. This is the first podcast of season two. When we sought out to do this podcast, we had no idea that we were going to have seasons. Now I feel like it's like a real podcast because we can say, well, we're in season two now. No, and I think we're a lot more focused now. Um, I mean, our our uh, uh, I'm like we're going into this season. We've got some guests lined up that we're excited to bring on Super here. We're excited. Yeah, there's going to be some other you know people on our staff that we're going to bring in here. You're going to get to know them on a level you couldn't get to know them otherwise. Kind of like last last season we had some. Uh, yeah, the Cool Yard family. Great, we had David Brown. Yeah. We had Missy. We had a few others in here, and those podcasts are all available in the and first the season. Last time you heard from us, even Abby was on it. We were in Israel. We were in. Um, our hotel room on the last day of our trip to the Holy Lands. And that's the last time we recorded. That's right. I remember recording that podcast. We were in Israel. We were, we were in, done. We were in we Tel were, Aviv. We were so And tired. we were flying out the next day. We forced ourselves to be like, look, this is the freshest we're going to be and be able <laughs> to like regurgitate everything that we just experienced. We're like, Abby, can you come help us? We want to like include Abby here. Abby's here. Say hi. Abby. Hi. She got to Welcome be on the podcast back. too. Cause I mean, we all got to experience that trip together. And so it was just a really cool. So if you haven't heard that, that episode, go back and listen to yep. it. Cause we just kind of went through everything that we experienced for, I believe we were there for 10 days. Well, and I was like, well, we didn't bring this equipment with us for nothing. Let's use it. Yeah. And so. We recorded so, that yeah, podcast. So we sat in our hotel room and and just kind of walked through. It was fun. I'm glad we have that because there are people that went on that trip with us and they've heard that and going, man, even 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 though it's still fairly fresh, like we forgot we did some of those things. So it was kind of a nice retelling. But I'll tell you what. Well, uh, I was going to say one what? thing. One of the ladies that went on their trip with us, I ran into her in the hallway f- several weeks ago, and she said, I love all the stuff that you put on Facebook about the trip. And she goes, I read that and thought, did we do all that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yep. And that's why I put a lot of it, too, so that I would remember, because we packed every day full of something. So Yeah, so... We're excited to tell you about what has happened this summer and kind of where we're going. So stay tuned. What a summer it has been. It has. It's been fun and busy. So, so busy. And fast. We kind of already said like at our last episode, whenever the last one was back in the day, like how busy our summer was going to be. But obviously our big deal was that we'd gone to Israel, but our bigger deals, our, our first son went to college. Two days after we got home from Israel, we're still jet lagged. We turned around, hopped in the car and drove to the East coast. Yeah. So that was tough. That was hard. We have this whole summer has been a mixed bag of emotions of like extremely proud but like going through all the emotions of knowing that your oldest son has now left the nest mm-hmm. and he is out on his journey. I think I'm to a point now that I can talk about it and not cry. <laughs> yeah, there's been plenty of tears this summer. There would have been no way could, we could have not done this podcast during the summer. Emotionally, we were just not in a place. You were not in a place that you Yeah. Could. Well, and so many people have you know, drop their kids off at college, but I, I would have enjoyed dropping them off a little closer to home, but it is an 18 hour drive 
to see him. Obviously, flying is more ideal, but we drove out there and dropped him off. And I I did find the day of dropping him off. I mean, it was still emotional, but it was the night before that was tough for me. Yeah. Saying goodnight to him the, like that last night. In case you don't know, most people know this, but our son Neil was accepted into the United States Naval Academy, which is a whole different kind of lifestyle than what anything that you and I have ever known. We didn't come from military family. So we are learning this as fast as we can. We have been reading books and blogs and articles and, but it's, um, it has opened up us to a whole new group of people. And I'm amazed at how many people we have got other parents who have kids. I mean, parents from all over the country mm-hmm. who are, there's really like this little family mm-hmm. that um, all these parents have one thing in common. Their child is at a service academy. Mm-hmm. And so you have these motions of like all these parents do. You are extremely proud mm-hmm. of your child. But at the same time, you do go through that. You feel sorry for yourself mode because, you know, you're proud and you shouldn't feel guilty because they're doing something incredible with their lives. But then you're like. You know they're not coming over for dinner. You know they're not coming on the weekends to do their laundry. You know that you, you can't just call them up and say, "What are you doing right now? Let's go grab let's go grab a burrito." Mm-hmm. You know that stuff. That ship has sailed, and so you know he won't even be home till Christmas. Yeah. So it's so it this summer was was tough from that regard, and because he was going for you know it, they call it plebe summer, but maybe. Most people just understand it, a boot camp. You know, he was, yeah. that's kind of what he was doing. The Naval Academy calls it plebe summer, but that's where we didn't get to talk to him for mm. six or seven weeks. Two phone calls for seven weeks. Yeah. And that's, that was hard. So we did old school writing letters. And so that was fun because <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get to keep those forever and cherish those. But, you know, he, he was proud of things he accomplished this summer and he wrote about it and we heard, and then, um, we kind of kept him in the loop of what was happening just even in the world. Cause they're disconnected from everything. So yeah, my, my, my favorite moment. So like, so like we got two phone calls and how they do the phone calls is he has his cell phone, but they are not allowed to have them. So on the, the two days out of the seven weeks that they're allowed to make one 30 minute phone call, they made, they march all these kids out into the field and they spread make them spread them out. They have to stand and then they pass out their phones and then they start a timer. You got 30 minutes. And so we knew when the, the phone call was scheduled. So Neil called us. And, um, and of course, that was like the fastest 30 minutes of just. So fast. And we've got a million questions and we're just trying to ask away. Well, our very first it, one, we were actually sitting in your office at work and you had just gotten done preaching. Well, yeah. And, 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 and that was funny because I'm like, no matter, because his call was going to be at 1230. And and well, twelve thirty our time. Our time, one thirty his time. And so, like, I had my watch set, and and it started buzzing me <laughs> when, that, when, when I had five minutes left, and I knew that I have to get off because there's no flexibility. Neil's going to call at this time, and we have this window. And I think I got through the entire sermon ten minutes faster than the previous three sermons. Like that was the fourth so time I preached that. At the eleven thirty service that Probably the entire. Sermon. I felt like maybe I gypped him at about ten minutes of con, but no one was complaining. They got out of church a little bit You're early. Like, wow, we get to go to lunch on time today. I was in that one, and I knew that call was coming in, and I was 
like, look at that. 1229. Joe's gonna make it. <laughs> and let's pray. Boom. He runs off the stage, comes back to his office. I had about 35 seconds like, to spare. I'm like, no, he hasn't called yet. And about a minute later, he called. And so it was perfect timing. But we had a great conversation. And what I remember about that phone call, what cracks me up is that um is that at the very end of the phone call, like you could hear like in the background, um, they're like five minutes and we'd be talking four minutes and you know, your time is winding down three minutes and we get down to 60 seconds and Neil's like, well, mom, dad, what is going on in the world? Cause they are completely cut off from society. And so we're like, well, this is happening. This is happening. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And we have this 30 seconds. And, uh, and right as it's winding down, Kirsten goes, oh, and they found cocaine in the White House. And Neil goes, what? Hang up the phone, click. <laughs> <laughs> and so we are like, the last thing Neil heard, the, his last so contact, his last contact with the outside world was, they found cocaine in the White House. And he goes, what? <laughs> click. <laughs> We're like, like, oh, well, that's probably not how we should have ended that phone call, but that's how we ended that phone call. Oh, and then the water works. Yeah. Yeah. And so. But we, it was interesting because when we talked to him then, that's when we realized that we had sent him some stuff, but he had sent us like two or three letters and we hadn't received any of them yet. So then he started telling us different stories of things that he had put in his letters. And so then we, it was fun because then we looked forward to receiving those letters eventually and uh, found out that he had got an expert sharpshooter in his in rifle yep. and, and sharpshooter for pistol. So we were proud of him. And he wanted to mail us his medal. And we're like, what? And he goes, well, then everybody's like, you probably shouldn't do that. I was like, thank goodness. So he you drew know? us a picture. Yeah, so he drew us a picture because he literally was like, I'm going to include it in this letter. Please mail it back. And I'm like, what? Yeah, don't mail us your, no. your medal. So, so but that was really the cool. only medal that you could earn as a plebe. Yeah. And he wanted to earn that. He did. So, so then the whole summer goes by and, and um, we're super busy with everything. But then we got at the end of the summer, we got to go back to Annapolis for what they call plebe parent weekend. And we had an Airbnb just outside the gate. And so he had a lot of, a lot of Liberty to come off the yard, hang out with us. He had to go back and sleep. I love how you said a lot of Liberty. Well, he had some Liberty. Well, when you have zero to some, <laughs> that feels like a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but we had the most wonderful time. And, and so what we got to do is, is, um, we got to see him first. They had their noon formation and they're in their summer whites and, and seeing them in their summer white uniform. It's like this kid transformed from a boy to a man. Which they have um, noon formation almost every single day. So if you happen to be out in Annapolis, it is yeah. open to the public. It's a tourist attraction and you can go watch noon formation. Um, it's really and, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's very ceremonial. But then, so then probably for us, the video of the summer was after we had a meeting place out, out in the, the grassy area under the trees where we knew we were going to meet up. Cause there's like 1100 midshipmen and all their families. There's thousands of people down here. So, um, after they got released from their, from their formation, um, they got to go with us. And so Neil comes walking through the grass and you didn't see him right away, but I just happened to be filming when, when I was, I just wanted to see him walk up and I wasn't trying to capture something special, but it was kind of neat what I ended up capturing because he started walking up. You didn't see him right away. And no, I said, I was looking towards and, the dorm and yeah. I was looking for him cause I knew he'd be walking up. And then I saw him and I said, Hey, turn right. And then you just lost it. Yeah. And I only see you from your backside, but you can tell you're pretty emotional. And and I've had so many people come up to me and they said, man, we just, 
man, that brought tears to her eyes to see Kirsten. Cause I think there's not a mother on the planet that can't relate to that moment. And where you hadn't been able to hug your son for seven weeks and you finally got your, it's the longest like touch him. Be like, okay, it's, you're okay. it's the longest that we've, been apart yeah, from him ever. Sure. But what I think what was even more special is that I'm sitting there getting to hug him and, and tear up and cry or whatever. And then he's like, come here, Brock. Yeah. He brought Brock. Brock into that little hug. And, Cause Brock is Brock's a hugger. So I was like, Oh, he, that was a really special moment for that, sure. That was, so we're adjusting to having our oldest one gone and we're adjusting to being, you know, basically having one child at home and he's quiet and Brock. And we're like, Brock, talk to us. Yeah. We're like, Brock, <laughs> tell us what's going on with you. And he goes, are you missing your brother? He's like, nope. <laughs> well, we know he is, yeah. but, but you know, Brock will say, well, I don't, don't ever have to fight for the PlayStation and I get a whole new wardrobe. Yep. We have this little, um, we have this little game room in our house, just off our kitchen where the boys hang out and they, they play video games. And, and so he can, he goes, I don't have to fight anybody for that stuff anymore. I get the chair I want. Um, not fighting Neil for anything. And Brock has had a really fun time raiding Neil's closet. Cause you know, Neil, Neil has got military issue uniform for pretty much the next decade of his life. He's going to be spending it in uniform. Very little that time will be in civilian clothes. Well, as a plebe, he's not allowed. A plebe means freshman. He's not allowed to wear civilian clothes unless he's home for Thanksgiving break or Christmas break. Other than that, he has to be in a uniform <laughs> 24-7. Even while he sleeps, he has to be in Navy-issued gear. uniforms. Yeah. So he sleeps in his PT, PT gear. gear, his uh, physical training um, but uniform. But Brock, Brock will come out. He's like, hey, uh, do you think Neil will care if I wear this shirt? And I said, I don't think Neil will ever know if you wear that shirt. <laughs> He's like, so Brock Except has had now Brock. Now that Neil has his phone back, Brock will now take a picture of his fit and text it to his brother. And he's ask like, God, thanks. Do you like my fit today? <laughs> and Neil will be like, get that off. And, and Brock's like, you can't do anything about it. And I'm already like, at school. You're right. I can't. <laughs> but the final that, episode of last season was Neil and Brock on here with you guys. Oh, and remember geez. Brock had Big plans oh, for Neil's room. I know. So has anything happened? Has Brock taken it over? We've cleaned Neil's room because it was a hot mess. And I mean, we'd been talking to Neil about cleaning it up a little bit. And he had a little bit. But um, when he got home or when he left and I finally can like go, I, I immediately went into his room because I knew I did not want to not go in his room and make it some kind of weird thing. I was like, no. So I went in his room, looked around. I was like, I am not going to deal with this mess right now. So we cleaned it up. And, and emotionally, you weren't really ready to be in there either. Well, that's what I, I mean. I didn't want it to be weird. So I was like, okay, I'm going to deal with this mess later. So eventually we cleaned it up and, um, and Brock now has room to set up his cello and practice in there. And so it's not, I, I, I want to say Brock even may have even slept in his brother's bed once or twice just too, because just to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Things that would have got him beat up. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but with Brock, you know, so that's Neil's doing his thing. Brock this summer, we've been on the great cello hunt. It's been the great cello hunt of the summer mm-hmm. because he's had since sixth grade, his, his starter, uh, starter cello. Yep. And now to me, the starter cello and now his more professional cello, I don't know the difference between the two things they, um, but evidently there is. And so we've known for about a year, we've been talking about. I think we promised him at Christmas last year. Oh, we're going to get you a cello for Christmas. And he's like, oh, okay. And then we never did. But you know, um, it's not like just running down to Walmart and finding a new brand of toothpaste. 
Dude, this has been a journey. And it, it really it really took a lot out on Joe. So if you guys could pray for him, <laughs> it was rough. It was a rough season. Joe had to go like to the cello shop a couple times and listen to what he did not understand the difference between that cello and this cello. Well, I had to research and it was and, tough. But on you know him. what? You know, it's not <laughs> it's not what I would call a small investment. And we wanted Brock to have some skin in the game, you know? So and and I don't know of another kid more deserving of this instrument than Brock. I mean, this this kid loves the cello. That I can, I mean, there's Successful, a thousand other things quickly. that he could be involved with that I'm glad he's not. And you know, and, and he practices. He's and he's and he's got a lot of natural talent. And we're excited to see where what God will do with this. So I'm more than happy to invest in this cello. But um, I needed quite the education this summer. It took all summer for me to be like, and I asked a million questions. I don't know how many times we went to different shops but he we, kept sitting there and he goes i can't tell the difference i i can't tell the difference between any of these cellos and i'm like what this one sounds amazing yeah i hear it so now then he i hear go it now. back and play the other one we're like brock play your cello now now play this new one now play this one and joe's sitting there going i don't hear any difference i'm like come on well i do now and the, the other day he was playing and i was going you know i really do hear it's a beautiful sound yeah. and he we found a cello that he just absolutely fell in love with from the second he picked it up for the first time of course it was like one of the most expensive well no it was most definitely not one of the well, most expensive you know, but it was <laughs> it was a little bit more than what i was thinking i was going to pay for a cello but brock's got some skin in the game yeah. he's working for some of that as well it's for a those of you don't it's know, a joint partnership brock brock <laughs> was like our little football player for a long time and then when he made a really cool orchestra the high school has like four orchestras and he made the chamber orchestra when he was a freshman well they made him choose between football and and chamber not orchestra because he could have been in any of the orchestras but to be in that chamber orchestra he had to choose so he chose um orchestra and he's just kind of Which i think was a very wise decision yeah, into it and so um we're really proud of him obviously but he he practices a lot and and we're excited about the different opportunities that he's had not only at the high school but even within our new life church family there's yeah. been some musicians who've kind of taken him under their wing and allowed him some opportunities that he would not have had yep. probably had he not had this church family. So since she last heard from us on this podcast, we have been to Israel on an amazing Holy Land trip. Mm-hmm. We sent our son off to college in one of the service academies. And that's been an emotional roller coaster for us. We've been on the great cello hunt of 2023 <laughs> and we successfully found the right one. And, uh, and here we are. And I would say the realization that I'm coming to is is we, you and I, Kirsten, are getting close to being empty nesters. And oh, we're not that well, close, we are a lot closer to being empty nesters. We're closer nesters. than Abby. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sophomore but, in high school, you guys I are know. close. But you know, um, I, I don't know how well I'm going to be doing being an empty nester. I don't know. You know, you have is some. Is that because I'm boring? No, 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 of course not. <laughs> oh, okay. No. I'm just, I, I don't no. think anyone has ever accused you of being boring. <laughs> no. I just got to clear the air here. Kirsten's, make sure. Kirsten's a lot of things. Boring is not one of them. <laughs> exactly. But, but, you know, but, you know, I've heard some parents like, oh, we can't wait to our empty nesters. We can't wait. I don't think that's been me. I, I'm kind of dreading it, to be quite honest with you. Listen, I will plan some trips. 
I've already got a few. I've got some details for where we're playing. We will not be bored. Well, I'm not worried about being bored, but I'm 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 just not looking forward to having my children gone. And Neil's been a tough enough struggle, and I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like when Brock is gone. I've teased Brock. I'm like, you're living at home, you're going to NWAC. You know, it's <laughs> it's Listen, they say that the second one leaving is easier than the first one. I don't see how. But anyway, you know, I just I'm I'm processing this, and I know I'm still a couple years away from being a full empty nester, but I'm just at, at this point right now in my life. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, and I'm not looking forward to it at all. And I hope you know Brock's going to chase whatever the Lord puts in front of him, and we're going to encourage that. But but man, I hope he doesn't move a thousand miles away too. That would be tough. Well, the big thing on the horizon for us is the launch of the Highlands Campus, and I cannot even tell you how excited I am about that. This has been five or six years in the making, and I look back on it, it feels like a long time, but in reality, it's gone by pretty quick, and this summer, the building has been completed. I mean, it is done, and we are going through all the final preparation. All the details. Oh, my goodness. There's so many little details that you don't even realize. Thousands. That you're like, every time you walk in the building... You're like, ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about that? And I'm, I'm going to tell you, the Lord has assembled an incredible team here for all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not, you know, sometimes people say, man, Joe, you're, man, you're doing a great job with the Highlands Campus. I can't take credit for it. Right. I'm oh, telling no. you, there has been so, I could sit here and list off dozens upon dozens of names of people who I can absolutely tell you if it was not for them, this wouldn't have gotten done. Not only paid staff, but tons of volunteers that have put in hours and hours to help do all kinds of things. So some of you are out there listening right now, you know that you got to be a part of this and you thank you because there are so many people who put in not just out days and weeks and months of that's right time but we are there and so we had you know just recently we had the open house mm-hmm. which was phenomenal i mean absolutely and Abby played a huge part in that good job abby oh i'm i'm gonna echo what you guys said about the volunteers like, yeah i would have drowned if it was just me coordinating everything they were amazing it was awesome and the weather like really cooperated it has been us. so miserable hot here lately but on that day, God gave us this this one magical day where it cooled off and it was so pleasant. And we had well over a thousand people out there hanging out, going through tours, enjoying the food trucks and the food. It was just this wonderful time of, of community. And we had a lot of people from our community who we'd never met before came out to check it out. I've just got really high hopes about what's going to happen out there. And then, mm-hmm. and then we had our youth kickoff right after that here at the Reardon campus. And then we had our worship night. We just had a big week here recently with lots of stuff happening. And now we're in that phase. Where we're doing a couple soft launches that primarily is with our volunteers and our key leadership out Making there. Sure like everything works. Yeah. This summer. And um, it does. Just to give you a little inside information. It works. Everything yeah. Does. Everything. We're this summer. Um, um, Eric and Pamela Vaughn joined our team. Eric is the new campus pastor out there. Um, doing an amazing doing job. Doing an amazing job. Just coming, organizing, bringing the high energy, getting people ready. So he'll be the campus pastor out there. And, and um, and you know, me, I'm still the lead pastor of the church, but now we're a multi-site church. So I'll be doing all the preaching and stuff. But, you know, Eric being out there as the campus pastor, I'm really hoping people that are at the Highlands campus will see him as, like when they start to say, hey, I need to go talk to my pastor, I 
at Highlands. I hope they're thinking about Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric's your pastor, and 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 I am too. And so is Pastor David, and Pastor John, and Pastor Cody, and and Taylor. All of us are pastors, but but uh, he's playing a special role um, overseeing that campus, and I'm excited about how God's going to work through him, um, and 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 everything else. So well, and you've met Kyle and Renee. They were on our podcast, and and he's, he's doing the worship, the worship pastor. pastor out there, and Yvette Michaud. Yes, I, I always say her name wrong, but she's overseeing our kids ministry out there. And New Life so Kids Highlands I'm Campus. I'm sure we'll and add people to that team as there's well. There's more people but coming, but it's they they've got a great thing going. It's going to be really exciting, and then of course amazing volunteers that are going to yeah. make all that happen. Pastor every Taylor, our student pastor is going to be overseeing youth ministries at both campuses for, as we get started here, um, Wednesday nights will be here at Reardon campus. And then Sunday nights will be out there at the Highlands campus. So yeah, a lot of people jumping in and, um, and it, I'm telling you, it cannot, it had, could not have come together any more smoothly. You know, some people say to me, man, it really seems like that project has come together really smoothly. And I have to sit back and go, you know what, all things considered, this is my first time to ever be in a construction project like this. Mm -hmm. But I can honestly say it has come together fairly smoothly. I mean, Mm -hmm. what was set out to happen, happened and how things all, I mean, not to say there wasn't a lot of hard things too, but, Mm -hmm. but in retrospect, all things considered, very happy with how that building turned out. Very proud of all the people on this team that had uh, a really heavy hand in that. And I mean that in a positive way. It just a very, I'm just telling you, it, it, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes an entire church to build a building. Mm-hmm. And um, it has been overall a very positive experience. And I think I can just go back and just tell you, God did it all. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, at the, at the end of it, there's not a one person we've mentioned or we've referenced that would say any different. Yeah. Look what God is doing and and we're excited about what we're going to see happen out there. And so, how amazing the summer has been with our I mean obviously what we can look at is our attendance and our attendance here at the Reardon campus just keeps growing this summer. It's been amazing to see that and we're excited that it's we're going to have maybe a little relief by opening this new campus and and some of the people, not all the people, but some of the people will be going out there and so we're switching up our service times and so we're going to be having out at the Reardon campus, it'll be Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday 9 and 11 and out at the Highlands campus, it'll be Sunday, 9 and 11. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see what happens with that. And But I can tell you there's a general feeling among the staff that oh, yeah. there, there's kind of like no, no one's, you know, we don't have a, a straw poll going or anything like that. But I think there's a general feeling like how long are we going to be able to maintain just two services at each campus? Because the well, way the way things are growing, a total of five services. Right now, we have four services at one campus. We're getting ready to have five, five services, services between the two. two. But you know, I've been telling the church, you know, all summer long, we don't know what we don't know until we know it. And at the end of the day, we have all the data that we can collect. We have all the information that we think we know. But until it actually happens, we won't know. And so that's that's some of the most exciting parts so of this whole thing. So you challenged the church to be... Uh, We've taught them a phrase. Semper Gumby. That's right. And a lot of people in our church now know what Semper Gumby means. And that goes back to... Semper, it's, a mili- it's kind of a military. Semper, like in the Marines, it's Semper Fi, which means always faithful. And, and so when we say Semper, we mean 
always. Mm-hmm. And when we say Gumby, we mean flexible. We're going to be always flexible. And, and we actually learned a good chance that we might have to change the, the services that's in, right. or add to. And we learned that phrase from a Naval Academy mom who wrote a book about her whole experience sending two daughters to the Naval Academy. And she said, you have to be a Semper Gumby parent. Yeah. And, and I thought, what does that mean? And so, and I'm like, what, it's true what she said in the book. You have to be always flexible. So I thought, I need to teach this to the church. So I have been teaching the church what it means to be a Semper Gumby and church. And people have embraced that. Always flexible. So we know that, I tell you, from day one, from the get-go, from kickoff, launch weekend, we're going to be watching very closely what becomes out there, what our attendances are at both campuses, and um, and we'll just make adjustments as we need to. If we need to add another service here, add a service there, we will do it. But all in all, I just know the Lord's going to lead us just like he has all of this time. And um, we're just sitting here right now at the recording of this podcast, late summer, um, early fall of 2023, just absolutely excited and enthusiastic about what is on the horizon for our church family. Um, I, I, I can't even begin to tell you what I think God may do because every time that I'm like, this, I think this is going to happen. God exceeds those expectations. So here's what I encourage you guys to do. Whether you are part of our church family or you've just somehow found your way, would you pray for our church family? Would you continue to just lift us up in prayer? At the end of the day, we, we're just all about making disciples and maturing disciples. And that's the kind of church that we're trying to be. And we believe God's positioned us to do that and put a vision and mission in our hearts for those things. So disciple making, disciple maturing. And we believe that right there reflects the great commission of Jesus when he said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. We know he's with us and he's given us our marching orders. Cannot wait to see what's going to happen. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood. Not a car show.